This week on the Iowa Watch Connection. Those are the easiest to contaminate because they're right there taking water right off the top of the water table. If you get your water from a private well, there are hazards. It's mostly runoff and the concrete tiles. It's not sealed, of course, so we do get a lot of bacteria. But for many, it's not an issue. I'm not one to get too concerned about, I mean, some of the stuff we grew up on, just never thought much about it. Well water quality, our topic this week. The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein. It's the one thing above all else we need for survival, water. Yet like fertile farm ground and so many other things, we often take our water supply for granted. In a rural state like Iowa, nearly 300,000 people rely on private well water often without knowing what hazards are contained in those wells. Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism Executive Director and Editor Lyle Muller has our report. We start our story with Jenny and Craig Melvin, who live near the small Fremont County town of Farragut in southwest Iowa. The Melvins found high nitrogen levels and total coliform bacteria in their private well a few years ago. Shocking, the well cleared up the bacteria, but not the nitrates. The Melvins did not want to take any chances. They had a baby in the house. Jenny and the baby used bottled water. So I just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, water quality and your well. Um, and you were actually telling me a little That's bit about... That's Lauren Shotwell, um, an Iowa Watch reporter, before leaving to edit news for the um, Iowa City magazine Little Village last year. She spent much of last year testing wells for an Iowa Watch report on private well quality. On this particular day last summer, she is at Jenny and Craig Melvin's home. I grew up on a farm. So well. Yeah, but in town, we lived in town before, and we were on city water, of course. But we okay. both grew up in the country with wells. Okay, all right. Um, so, do you know much then about well maintenance? Um, sort of what to do there? I don't. As far as I know, we didn't really do much to the well at home. I know we had a. Uh, Culligan water system, a softener. So we had, you know, that guy came and maintained it, so we didn't do actually have to do much with it other than we did have a system. And here we don't have anything. I mean, it's out of the well, into the house. Here is what Lauren found in her Iowa Watch investigation, which spanned 10 months. The 288,000 Iowans relying on private well water may not know what is in their water. That's because well water quality in Iowa is unregulated. Additionally, several well owners Iowa Watch spoke with, especially in southwest Iowa, said they weren't worried about their drinking water, even though tests revealed high levels of nitrates and bacteria in some of their wells. Here's Craig Melvin again. I'm not one that gets too concerned about, I mean, some of the stuff we grew up on. I lived in town when I was really little, uh, the brown, the water, sometimes the water was brown, you know, from high iron, because it was a city well where I grew up in Blockton, Iowa. And then I moved to the country, and it's, I don't know, just never thought much about it. Armed with a Fund for Investigative Journalism grant to cover expenses, Lauren researched existing well water quality data and tested wells on her own for four common contaminants, nitrogen, bacteria, arsenic, and lead. 
Nitrate levels at 28 wells she tested in May and June last year range from an acceptable level of less than 1 milligram per liter to, at one rural home, 168 milligrams per liter. To put that into perspective, the State Hygienic Lab measures nitrogen levels using nitrate and the acceptable level for that under U.S. Environmental Protection Agency health standards is 45 milligrams per liter, although the level usually referenced for nitrogen is 10 milligrams per liter. Eleven of the wells tested in May and June last year had nitrate levels above 45 milligrams per liter. Two more tested at 43. Fifteen wells showed unsafe bacteria levels and a few had trace amounts of arsenic and lead. Several factors play into this problem, especially in far southwest Iowa, where finding water in some places is difficult, yet easy in others. Buried sand and gravel exist in some areas there. But state geologist Bob Libra says a deep water channel exists elsewhere. The glaciers move things around over time, so finding water can be hit or miss, he says. The result? is water that often can have a salty taste. Iron, ammonia, and other minerals infiltrate the water, Liberal said in his interview with Lauren. So in that part of the state for a long time, what people would do, instead of like kind of your standard well on a a farm or a rural residence around here that's maybe drilled seven or eight inches in diameter and has a five-inch casing set in it, they'll auger these great big... 24, 30, 36 inch holes and put in these concrete rounds, you know, about three feet tall and they kind of let water in every three feet. And these might be 50 feet deep and they call them seepage wells because you can pump them dry, but overnight the water seeps back in. You're not really in what we would call an aquifer, but you let it slowly overnight, it would recover. And when it's that big, it's a it stores a lot, so it's it's kind of like part water tower, <laughs> part well, and that works for people. Those are the easiest to contaminate because they're right there, taking water right off the top of the water table. Russ Tell, senior environmental specialist with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources, says how that well is built means a lot to whether or not it draws contaminants. He says older wells are a common problem, which increases the need for frequent testing, but also a replacement at some point in time. I don't want to bring it down to something this simple, but it really does follow a pattern of out of sight, out of mind. And if the the well is producing clear water that, that looks and tastes good, there's a presumption that the well is safe to drink. And the only way to really tell if that well is safe to drink is to obtain a water sample and have it tested for the various things that may be in it. By the way, while we are focusing on nitrates and bacteria, here's something else. Lead can be found in some private wells, especially in northeast and east Iowa. Lead mines once existed in that part of the state. Other times, lead leaches into pipe fittings or solder used in home plumbing, Till says. Many times with with lead in home plumbing, after that plumbing is aged, there's enough deposits on it to keep it from leaching any lead. So you can even you can have a, a a lead service line coming from the well to the house, and if it has some age on it, and the water the quality of the water hasn't changed, you'll find that that service line doesn't give any lead back yeah. to that water. But if they drill a new well, they may want to look for that corrosive nature of the new water, how it was 
based on the old water. Look at the, the pH of both supplies. And if you have more corrosive water, they may need to be concerned about future leaching of lead. Solutions exist. Iowa has a Grants to Counties program established in 1987 to provide local county health departments funds that can be used for a variety of well-related services. Your mom and help is Terry. I'm fine. How are you? Terry Derringer is Shelby County's Environmental Health Director. Shelby County has tested and plugged wells for two dozen years using state grants. We have the bigger diameter wells. Um, and usually it's mostly runoff and the concrete tiles, it's not sealed, of course, so we do get a lot of bacteria. And once in a while, I would say probably 75% of the well, well, not 50%, comes back with some E. coli in the water. So, And the nitrates is about half and half, which is unsafe for infants. A lot of the wells here, they are on real water because of that problem, so. So they just keep the uh, the wells for, like? Livestock purposes or water in their yards. Um, and I actually counted back. We plug a lot of wells, probably more than water testing in the county. And since we started that program, I count, we plugged approximately 2,000 wells. Joan Michaels, who lives in Shelby County in Erling, tests her water every year and has installed a reverse osmosis system and UV light to help treat high nitrogen and bacteria levels in her well water. She said she and her husband Edwin, who died in 2014, filled milk jugs and other containers with water from town for a long time. She sums up the survival mode necessary when coping with contaminated private well water. We just kept it in the, in the refrigerator and so it, you, know, you, uh, you had to get enough and then go back and get some more. <laughs> So I think we didn't get uh, we didn't drink enough water at that during those years because we you don't want to run out of it and then not have time to get over and, and get some from the family or buy some you because you can buy it too. Special thanks go to Lauren Shotwell and to the Fund for Investigative Journalism for its support of this reporting project. I'm Lyle Muller with the Iowa Watch Connection. You have heard from Iowa Watch reporter and digital analyst Lauren Mills on this program in the past. Now Lauren Shotwell, she is now with the Iowa City magazine Little Village, and we talked recently about her Iowa Watch reporting on private well water quality. What was it that led you to do this investigation? Well, it looked at uh, issues of water quality in the past, looking more at things in, in streams, so looking at specifically nitrates, um, and knew that those had some health impacts uh, on Iowans, knew from things like the Des Moines Water Works uh, lawsuit that there were issues uh, with Iowa drinking water being impacted by, by those nitrates. Um, but I was curious about private wells, because I knew that those weren't... Uh, being tested in the same way that public drinking water is. Um, I didn't really know the specifics at first, but I was just kind of curious to, to delve into that a little bit more. Biggest surprise for you as you compiled the data, did the interviews, and sat down to create the piece? I think the thing that surprised me the most initially was just that the, the water quality, 
I mean, and it, it, it makes sense uh, that the water quality isn't regulated because these are these are private wells. But uh, it just surprised me that so many people uh, would be, you know, consuming water that potentially could be contaminated, and that they weren't necessarily testing uh, to see to see what was in the water. Um, and many in many cases, people weren't aware that there were tests available to them through the counties either. What are the things we should take away from this? Obviously, those of us who have a rural well know about what it takes to maintain it and make sure that it is secure. But for so many people who are listening to us who don't have that experience, what should they know? What impact might that have on all of us? Well, I think one thing for sure that the well testing does show is that the the things that we're putting on our fields, the things that we're putting um, just on the land in general, uh, not just through agriculture, they are making it into groundwater. And granted, wells have uh, some slightly more, because a well is connecting the surface with the groundwater supply, you know, there is uh, that that slightly easier connection point, if that makes sense. Um, you know, if water can get into a well that's been perhaps not well maintained, it just means that it's slightly easier for it to get in there. But the fact that this is in our groundwater, that this is impacting um, it, people in Iowa, there are about, I think, 300,000 people who use uh, private wells uh, and are drinking that water in Iowa. So it's not a small number. Um, and I think it's just something to sort of be aware of, of the impact that we're having on on our surroundings and the, the way that that can have an impact on our health. Lauren Mills Shotwell, whose reporting for Iowa Watch on private well water was conducted over several months in 2016. When we come back, a conversation with an environmental health specialist with more than two decades of experience testing these wells. That's next as the Iowa Watch Connection continues. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from the Iowa Insurance Division's Iowa Fraud Fighters Program. This statewide initiative educates Iowans on how to double check before they invest and shield their savings from scammers. Thousands of Iowans have attended fraud fighter forums across the state to learn about new scams circulating in their area and how to stay a step ahead of fraudsters. Learn how to fight fraud and why it is important to report scams at iowafraudfighters.gov. The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. The center is found online at iowawatch.org. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. Sherry Storjohan is an environmental health specialist who has been testing wells in Iowa's Crawford and Carroll counties for more than two dozen years. She spoke with Lauren Shotwell for the Iowa Watch Report during the summer of 2016. 
And what are some of the main issues that you've seen so far in terms of uh, contaminants in wells or um, you know, also issues with people being uh, either aware of some of the water quality issues or aware of some of the services that are available? In Crawford County, I found that they have a lot more shallow wells over here um, due to the aquifer, and so nitrate levels uh, tend to be quite a bit higher over here. Um, total coliform bacteria levels tend to be quite a bit higher over here. Um, Carroll County has a lot more deeper wells, so we don't see those issues in that direction. Um, people, information out there and people being aware of things no matter how much we do, still seems to be pretty slim as far as uh, them being aware of these services and taking advantage of these services. Um, yeah, so you said that you, uh, you've taken out some newspaper ads in the past and things like that? We've done quite a bit of newspaper ads. We've done some county fairs over here. The county fairs have been a little bit more productive, but very time consuming. So unfortunately, we've gotten away from doing that quite so much. Um, we haven't done a whole lot of radio advertising. Um, we've done very little in that respect. I've gotten to the point now in the last number of years where I actually send out a personal letter to homeowners trying to explain our services, hoping to generate that interest and make them understand um, the good services is and what we can provide and this is all for their benefit. From your perspective, why is it important to, to test a well and how often should people be testing their wells? We do recommend that people test once every year, if nothing else, at least once every other year. And we try to explain to them with the difference um, in our weather patterns and uh, the high water tables, whether it's rained a lot or we've had dry years, how much that changes up. It's hard to make people understand what they can't see. And I find that as being a big challenge. Um, they don't understand that you know a well a mile away um, can have an impact on their well depending on how much water is being drawn out or whether that well, you know, a mile away is being st is set stagnant, um, has not been used. Um, it's, as I said again, not to repeat myself, but yeah, it's really hard to make people aware of just the impact of what's going on underneath us. So what are some of the concerns? Is there anything uh, that sort of prevents people from, from taking advantage of well testing? I think people are what's out of sight, out of mind. Um, I get answers to my questions such as they don't care what's going on um, with their well. They don't see it. If it smells good, if it tastes good, it's hard to make them understand that that's not the concern. I have so many people with hand dug wells that say they've got the best tasting water, the clearest water, the coldest water, and yet what they realize after they test is just how unsafe that water is coming out of the brick well. Um, Again, you know, if they, if they can't see it, smell it, or taste it, they think it's just perfectly fine. To me, I try to explain to them, especially the E. coli now, where we're doing uh, that automatically. To me, that's the, the really true test. Total coliform bacteria, we explain to them that it just kind of hits the surface. You know, there might be something going on with it. They've had... Uh, 
work done on their well, but that the well's never been shock treated um, to offset that bacteria growth that is in there. But to me, the E. coli is really the true tale because that shows whether or not, you know, you've got, you know, animal feces, human feces, you know, something's gotten into their well and potentially died. The nitrate levels for children, you know, is still huge. And I do get people that are pretty understanding if they've got little ones in the family. As far as adults goes, there's still so much uncertainty in the nitrate levels as far as whether or not they're attributed to cancer. Um, the hygienic laboratory recommends to me that if we see nitrate levels over 200, which we can see in this part, that the entire family really be cautious in its use. When people do get results back that are, you know, high in nitrogen or high in bacteria levels of some kind, what are some of the steps they can take? And is there any sort of uh, cost that might be prohibitive to folks in, in treating that water? Basically, it's interesting also in what I've done that when they do find out that they're either high in bacteria or E. coli bacteria, that some people just continue to not do anything about it. The first step that we recommend is the shock chlorination treatment, and that is the most cost efficient. Um, going out and buying, you know, your off brand bleach, um, you know, and doing that out and shock treating it yourself. The one thing, you know, I basically explained to them, yes, it does gonna put you at a disadvantage for a few days, um, but we do find that it does work. Um, but yeah, that's probably the least expensive, you know, unless they don't wanna do it themselves and, you know, they've gotta hire a plumber or something to come in and do it. And I don't know what the cost is there for like labor, et cetera. That's the one thing I try to keep it in as much layman terms as possible. Um, and sometimes even in working with the lab, you know, I don't like throwing a lot of big words and stuff around because if you make it too difficult for the homeowner and they can't understand something, I think it really deters from them pursuing it or wanting to do it anymore um, because they just don't understand. And so, yeah, I try to keep it as simple as possible. Environmental Health Specialist Sherry Storyahan speaking with reporter Lauren Shotwell in summer 2016. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can connect with us online, iowawatch.org. Click on the Iowa Watch Connection tab at the top of the page to listen to all or part of this program again for a list of stations that carry the program and more iowawatch.org. Follow us on Twitter at iowawatch and be sure to use the hashtag IAWatchConnection when commenting about the program. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for joining us and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch Connection again next week. The Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, go online, iowawatch.org.